0: Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast episode 267 for November 19th, 2018. Today's guest is cartoonist and musician Keith Knight. Oh god, another great interview. And I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for over 13 years. Hello. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons on the sidebar or the footer at MikeyPod.com. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron or email me, MikeyPod at gmail.com. Say a lot. I'll say it again. I would love to hear from you. No one ever writes. No one ever calls. Would you do it? Would you let me know how you're feeling? What? Who would you like to hear on the podcast? What would you like me to talk about? Would you, I guess it doesn't matter if I keep making it and you don't like it. That's okay. Right? This is a loud world oh, right now. You can hear the radiator in my apartment. I think you can hear my my poor computer. <laughs> I fear it's on its last leg, which is kind of bad uh, because I do a lot of things on this computer. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's the hard drive just seems to be running a lot. <laughs> it's a 2011 uh, iMac, which it's been quite the workhorse. I do a lot of things on this computer. I don't know. There's a slight flicker happening on the uh, display. So, um, yeah. If you like this always free podcast. Oh, wait, I don't say that yet. Stop. All right. So let me give you some things. I don't have a lot of updates. I do want to tell you I'm you you probably already know you may not. I'm a producer on the Our Hen House podcast, our henhouse.org. It's an animal rights podcast. It's been running forever as well. uh, Nine years or so. Um, I'm going to be in the beginning. I'm interviewed by Jasmine Singer on the episode that comes out two days before this podcast. So it'll still be the most recent episode, but you should go check it out, ourhenhouse.org. I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of that team. And uh, it's it's to me, it's it's one of the most important vegan podcasts, animal rights podcasts uh, in the universe, the known universe. I moderated a panel on vegan entrepreneurship here in New York City a couple nights ago at V-Spot, one of my favorite places um, in the city. And um, it was really Interesting. It was, yeah, it was good. It was, they asked me to do it, and apparently, fans of this podcast, which I'm always like, oh, uh, someone listens. I love it. Um, so I got to moderate this panel, and they asked me to come back and do it again. So I'll be doing the next one, and I'll make sure I talk about it on the podcast since this thing is getting more regular. Um, but it, it was good. I, I felt really proud. There were a lot of people. Um, and I, I didn't fuck it up. So there you go. There's language on this podcast in case you just didn't know that. Um, I want to tell you about a show that I have coming up. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, Lauren Mall, who you may recall um, from being on this podcast, and she actually performed at my album release show, uh, album and book release for the Al- Animal Album and the Animal Book. You can find out about those at shop.michaelheron.com. Support the artist. And um, Lauren Mall uh, she was on the podcast. She did a whole series of apologies from men where she took apologies from sexual abusing men like Louis C.K., et cetera, and turned them into uh, cartoon uh, songs that were brilliant. She was on the podcast, and then she performed at my show, and she made a video from my song, Home Again, using her same like animated paper doll sort of uh, technique. If you saw my video, it was Lauren that made it. Um, Ah, I really love Lauren Maul. Anyway, she does a year, a monthly event on the full moon called Gathering the Coven. It's a lighthearted talk show for witches that features magical comedians, musicians, and practicing witches of New York City. Yeah, the theme of the November show is love magic. And our guests are lovely. This is what she's saying. Um, So I'm going to be performing some um, ethereal music, uh, some of my own music. Uh, it, it's going to be fun doing something that's not animal show related because uh, I've been doing so much animal show stuff. Um, yeah, so come see that. It's at the Pit in New York City. That's called the People's Improv Theater, 9 p.m. on November 24th. I would love for you to be there. Tickets are like eight bucks. And uh, yeah, come, come. And I think, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you. Those are all the updates. Um, Keith Knight. Ah, I saw him on a panel at Patreon, which you heard me talk about last week, the event event. Uh, it's a convention that changed my life. Based on the platform that's changing my life, Patreon. Uh, come on, I'm so in a Patreon right now. I'm like, if you're not on board with the idea of Patreon yet, get with me. I, if if you're a creator, it's great. If you're a person that wants stuff that people create, it's great. If you want to connect with people, and oh my god, I love it <laughs> so support artists not even me like i'd love it if you joined my patreon but dig in see what it's all about because it's a really cool thing and i feel like it's gonna revolutionize the whole way that art is made like oh my god people can make like i have 130 patrons now and it's these people that are like Making this podcast happen, like they're uh, they're like okay, we like this weird combination of things that you do. I make podcasts, I make performance art, I make videos, I write these zines, I like I make a book and then an album. Like I do all this weird collection of stuff, and with Patreon, like it's all coming together, and like it's so amazing. It's just like oh, of course this is what you do. Before it was like. It seemed odd. I mean, and it still seems odd, like this strange mix of things I do. Sorry, that rumbling you just heard I was adjusting the mic. Anyway, I'm so into it. So anyway, Keith Knight is a... um, Well, let me read his little bio here. Keith Knight. Is an American cartoonist and musician. While his work is humorous and universal in appeal, he also often deals with political, social, and racial issues. His regular feature, The K Chronicles, appears in various outlets, including Daily Kos, and previously appeared in the San Francisco Examiner, while Think is published on several newspapers and websites, especially African American sites. A syndicated daily strip for United Media, The Night Life, was launched in 20, 2008. Knight is also the artist for two strips appearing in Mad. Father of Flannery's Hot Tub Confessions and Bully Baby, and he's a musician. We're going to listen to a track from his band before we get to the to the uh, to the interview. And actually, this is now a defunct band, uh, but this track is called "Like This." And when I listened to it, I was like, "What?" As a sample from one of my favorite bands, I'm not even going to tell you what the sample is. I wonder if you'll catch it. I mean, if you know the song that it's from, you'll hear the sample hundred like from the second it starts. Anyway. Ah, uh, come on. I'm not even going to read that. There's a little blurb idea do about joining Patreon. I just already did it. Patreon.com slash Michael Herron. Uh, oh, I'll tell you about the bonus content. Every podcast has bonus content, and this week's bonus content is going to be... I just said bonus content like 10 times in a row. <laughs> this week's bonus content, uh, there it is again, is with Keith Knight. We did an extra interview. This is what I do pretty much each episode. I interview the, the person, and then we do a little mini interview. That's a little bit more um, intimate and in-depth just a little quickie, so um, all like now I guess the, with with the new one that 's going to come out with keith there 's uh, eighteen nineteen bonus podcasts that you 'll get that only patrons have access to um, and of course, if you can 't be a patron that 's fine too i 'm so happy to share and talk about these different artists um, who deserve to be known about so uh, 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 and no one would feel guilty about not being a patron, but I want you to know that I like making this podcast and and i 'm happy to put it out for free. Um, and I'm also happy that people want to support it and help me with things like website uh, and hosting and you know all that kind of stuff. So anyway, blah blah blah. Uh, you can also follow me on social media everywhere at Michael Heron. And I think those are all the things. Let's go into the song. This is like this by the Marginal Profits. <laughs> That was like this from the Marginal Profits, and joining me now is a member of the Marginal Profits and a cartoonist and someone I met at Patreon this year, Keith Knight. Thanks for joining me on the
1: podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. I, like,
0: there are so many things that I didn't realize I was going to be talking to you about until I did some more, did some researching. Um, so one of them is that band, Marginal Profits. Before we talk about your work as a cartoonist, or maybe those. Things intersect. Um, what can you tell me about the Marshall Prophets?
1: Um, the Profits was a band that I was in when I was living in San Francisco, and um, you know, we're no longer a band, but uh, um, it was it was a sort of a great way how we came together because I was leaving free. Uh, Zines, my comic zines in this comic book shop. And the other rapper was going to the comic book shop and, um, and basically picking the stuff, picking the stuff up. And he's like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta meet this guy. And uh, he wanted me to do some illustrations for him, but he didn't have any money. So he, he wanted to pay me in, in hip hop uh, LPs and CDs. And so he was giving me stuff and I was like, I like this, but I don't like this. And let me tell you why I don't like this. And we just we just found we had a lot of things in common and 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 he's like, you want to put a band together? I said, well, yeah, let's do it. And uh, we had a great time. We 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 did. We went for about 10 or 15 years. Oh, wow and um and we we won a california music award we toured around the country uh we you know we played with some really interesting bands uh we played with everybody from ice tea to um tesla (laughs) to like just really weird mdc we played with like every type of band you could possibly imagine because we were we were a live band but we were also rappers and samples like it, no one could cate- categorize us and so we were all over the place it was neat
0: oh that's cool i just started listening to the music so uh, i'm looking forward to digging in more deeply to that yeah it's interesting the way your work as a cartoonist pulled that together. And I love, I, I just started making my own zines, which are more like story zines. So I love these little ones. I'm like, Oh, I make zines, but it's like, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a newbie with the zine making. Um, but it's a really cool, it's a cool thing. Um, and I guess great for your, your work as a cartoonist, like, was that, was that before you were, uh, more, more published?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, before before there was an internet, I got I got it started before there there was an internet. So, you know, zines were essentially the way you would publish yourself uh, before you got published, and um, and I was part of the really uh, big zine scene of the early '90s. So uh, I was in the Bay Area, and there were a ton of other cartoonists around, and you know, I got my start with like. Uh, Shannon Wheeler, Too Much Coffee Man, and um, who else? Um, John Porcelino, who's another one who was doing zines that that long ago, and um, it, it was it was neat. And there was this whole community. I mean, I literally had a, a German filmmaker picked up a couple of my zines back in the day, and he wrote to me and said, I would like to make a short film based on on a few of your comics, and I was like, yeah, sure, just spell my name right in the credits, and literally <laughs> like the next year, it played at the Berlin and Beyond Film Festival in San Francisco, and so, uh, you know, there was, you would think that that couldn't happen before the internet, but it actually did happen, you just had to, had to work a little harder in finding this stuff, but, um, it's funny because that is so long ago and just this weekend I was stapling zines because I'm stapling my 10-year-old's uh, zines because he draws mazes. Oh. And I, I was just saying, I, I can't believe I'm still <laughs> sitting in my living room stapling zines, you know, <laughs> this this many years later. But it's it's neat. It's kind of fun. I'm glad that my kids are getting into it.
0: Yeah. Are, are you still making zines for your own work or did that sort of fade away?
1: Uh, I, sometimes I do zines, but for the most part, I just, I, I publish, I self-publish my own books. So, uh, I, it's, it's sort of like zine making, but, uh, you know, (laughs) there are a thousand at a time and, and it's, it's a lot, uh, neater. Um, but, um, I've always been into self-publishing, um, just because my work is, uh, it, 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 It's not as it's not so popular that it will make a publisher uh, sell one hundred thousand copies, even though I think it would if it got out there. But um, I just remember a long time ago, uh, one of my early small publishers said, Keith, you know, you sell more, (laughs) sell more of your work than we do. So why don't we just give you our printer And we'll distribute your books to the book trade, but you'll make a lot more money if you just sell it yourself. And so, you know, I print up a thousand copies per book and, and, you know, I sell them for 20 bucks and and make about 10 bucks off of them and uh, per book. And uh, like that's a much better way to go than to get free copies, a box of free copies from my publisher and a check for like 25 bucks once a year.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. That's really, inter- I had a similar situation. I am mostly a musician and I released, I, I released a book based on a show that I do. Um, I'm trying to make this part of the short, short, so I'm not talking too much about my own stuff. But I had a similar conversation. I was – a friend of mine who just started his own publishing company that's really just – he put up a website and started publishing things, like self-publishing basically, but other people's work. So he did my first book, and then we we had this idea of like, oh, I know this other publisher who's like a quote-unquote real publisher. Let's meet with him. Maybe he'll publish the book. And he had a similar message. He was just like, why – Why would you do that? Like, it makes more sense for you to just do what you're doing and, and, and keep it because we're not going to really be able to sell any books for you. Like, we'll just be taking a cut of your already, you know, modest sales. So it's really interesting that, well, I, you have more experience with this. Is this, this is just the way things are going now, right? Or do you think big publishers are going to fade away? Am I being naive by suggesting that?
1: No, I don't think big publishers are going to f- fade away. I just think they're going to be a smaller part of the equation, and that's been like that with everything—the record industry. It's like that with the television industry. It's been like that with the with the radio industry. It's like eh, the three or four big networks are now have a smaller slice of the TV pie because there's so many other things happening, and um, so I just think that. There are, there are things that the big publishers do well, and, and you know, that's happening. Uh, the, one of the big things now are, um, you know, uh, young, ki- like, tween books. Um, I, I'm an illustrator for this book called Jake the Fake, uh, and it's aimed at fourth to sixth graders, sort of that diary of a wimpy kid type market, and that's where I have a big publisher. That's where thousands of copies you know a hundred thousand copies could be sold you know uh libraries and schools and this and that and scholastic and so that's where a big publisher makes sense but uh this this cartoonist that does autobio cartoons and about racism and stuff like that you know it's uh, I, I think there's a much bigger market out there for it than people think, but uh, I, I just have to get. It's what I said in the the Patreon thing is is you find that thousand that group of a thousand people that will support you for anything that you do, and beyond that is 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 gravy. Is like all these other folks that will buy a book or they'll retweet tweet your cartoon or they'll hype you up somewhere or they'll bring me out for a slideshow to a local library or church or school so it's a bunch of different things um and you just you just try to get all that stuff going i mean there's things that there's ideas that i have for stuff that i want to get going i just don't have the time to do it yet you know and um and this is where i contemplate hiring uh another person to help me implement all this
0: yeah it's uh, it's interesting like uh, because i'm on patreon too and the the general topic of my podcast is um activists in art like activist artists which is why i felt like asking you but suddenly i'm like wait let me ask some more patreon questions which i think applies to how all of us are getting our work out that you know my, my like vegan related stories about animals and rescuing them isn't really going to be snatched up by like anything anyone major yet but we have these platforms like patreon um to help us promote our work and it seems like you're in a place with with um patreon where you might be i'm looking at you have like 623 patrons are you like getting closer to a point where it would make sense to bring on another person or or are you still in that sort of middle area where it's not quite uh going either way
1: yeah well i mean financially it's it's not quite there yet but uh i i think you know i'm i'm the the next year is really uh a year of just taking bringing things up to another level um i don't know if if that if you remember what was mentioned on my uh on my patreon panel but uh patreon panel but Hulu just announced that uh, a pilot is being made uh, based on my work that's going to um, it's going to be shot in January. And um, and we're hoping that it goes to series. And I just think the, the profile on my work is going to go up immensely.
0: I remember that being said, and I totally forgot about it for today. So I'm glad you brought it back up. And, and so are, are you going to be in the, ser- in, in the pilot or is it about you?
1: it's about me um so it's it's uh, it's my autobiographical work so it's about a cartoonist and it's about my time in san francisco so it sort of takes place when my wife and i weren't married um and so she's in it but she's my girlfriend in it in the show and lamorne morris from new girl winston from new girl is playing me oh wow And, and um yeah and uh I'm I'm co I co-created it and co-wrote it with uh this writer Marshall Ta- Todd and um and hopefully uh, hopefully the Marginal Prophets will make an appearance in it appear to it. So I'll probably have like a cameo uh as a band at a, a bar somewhere or something like that. So Oh we'll that's see.
0: amazing. So how does it work with Pilots on Hulu? Do does do they see the light of day or is it just something that people inside hulu will see when they decide why as they decide
1: to make it a series or not yeah i mean i hope they'll <laughs> i hope they'll see the light of day i'm not really sure exactly what happens but um yeah, I just know that the pilot was greenlit, and we have a great team together, and um, it's been a really good experience so far, so I'm um, super excited about it. And you know what? It's, it's funny that you, you opened with the band, because it reminds me of being in a band. You know, cartooning is such a solitary endeavor you just you draw it you know you lay it out you write it you just everything's by yourself and then when you're in a band it's it's you bring an idea to the table and it goes through all these you know different folks who add their own stuff to it and and it becomes something that you you know greater than you've ever imagined it to be and i'm i feel that way with the show uh I just, you know, there are my co- cartoons and, you know, I did, I did my thing, but just bringing it to Marshall, the writer, and we have, it's just a great director. and We have just really neat producers who are adding all these great things to it. It's been, a it's been a really good experience. And, and, uh, from what I hear, it's not always that the case. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: that's so interesting you bring it because it's something I've been thinking about in my work a lot. And on the, my last guest, uh, Alison Argo, who's a documentary filmmaker. Um, and now you and me, like I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about my work is also very uh, solitary. I make like solo performance pieces and I create music, but I do it all by myself um, for the most part. And I've had a struggle lately with that. And, it's, and, and I'm curious, like with your, when you're making your cartoons and doing the work that you do, solo um how do you ah this is it's such a new thought for me to think of like how do you do this how do you how do you get out from under like those you know those i'm assuming you have these same creative doubts that i have sometimes where you're like oh this i'm wasting my time this is stupid like all the different like little evil voices that show up about my creative work when i'm doing it by myself there's no one else to say keep going <laughs> You got to do this anyway. Like, how how do you get through that if you experience it?
1: Well, um, you know, it depends on what the project is. If I have an editor breathing down my neck, it really Uh, helps. It really helps. So it's nice to have someone to answer to. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, I've been working on a graphic novel for a super long time. And I've always been sidetracked with other stuff. And it wasn't until uh, an, an editor I know started helping me out and and, you know, staying on me that that I was able to move that forward. So I, I really it really helps for me to have somebody to answer to uh, somehow, some way. And um, so uh, the projects that it's just me and I have no deadline, I probably would never get done. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, I, I just try to get get somehow get involved if i'm going to create something it's usually for something that's specific that has a deadline that has a uh, uh an ending to it um it can't be just completely open-ended because i will never get it done i will never get it done so um I, the, I i i think it's you have these doubts all the time when you're creating this stuff but uh, I just say, like, one is I, I, there's no there's nothing I would want to do outside of this. You know, there's, there's uh and, and the fact that I'm able to do it, make my own hours, I can, you know, I draw at cafes. I just have a really great time. And, and honestly, the thing that I am, am so psych that i get to do which is is I, I bring this slideshow around the country to universities and libraries and stuff and basically I, I do this this cart this cartoon slideshow about police brutality about race in the u.s and racism and it is probably purely like the closest i i have to job nirvana <laughs> which is yeah. i love to talk I love to make people laugh and tell stories. And I love to address uh, the, I'd love to address race issues and explain to people like, this is this nation's biggest problem. And until we acknowledge it, even acknowledge it, we don't even acknowledge it, we will never solve it. And I, there were people involved in that that don't want it solved because they're profiting from it. But uh, for the, I think the larger amount of people in this country really would like to be able to deal with it in a positive way and get and and work towards ending it. But but we have to acknowledge that it's a problem first. And and I think I have a, a great way of doing that, which is using humor, using my cartoons and, and creating a dialogue. So it's, uh, that, that, that to me, if, if I could just do that, (laughs) it'd be great, but I have to come up with more comics because it never stops. You know, it's a constant, uh, uh, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. So yeah, I certainly have, uh, my work cut out for me.
0: How was there a point when you realized that your work, your, your cartoons were, um, a, a effective way to communicate about racism?
1: Yeah, you know, I would do it and and I would I would do it and then I would back away from it. I go, OK, I'm not going to do it two weeks in a row, a row. I'll come back to it a few weeks down the road. But it just seems like every time I did it, I would get so many great reactions to it. And textbooks were adding my work to to school books and stuff like that. And and and. Um, what was really interesting is is i ended up taking this interesting business class which was which was really enlightening and they said you know what find what you do better than anybody else and just go all in on it just go all in so when when the subject comes up somewhere the first thing people think of is let's go and find out what this person thinks or let's go get this person because they're the best at, at this you know yeah and once i once i heard that i went all in and that's where my my career really took off and it's 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 it hasn't stopped it hasn't stopped and one of the things they said is is create something that the world never thought they needed uh-huh. But but they, they do, you know, they really do. And and it really turned out to be the slideshow. Now, I wasn't consciously thinking that, that but I, I was just frustrated because I was doing another thing about Ferguson, about police brutality. It's been 20 years. I've been doing 20 years of police brutality cartoons, you know, and it's just like, when is this going to stop? So I put together the slideshow. And once I did it, I was like, oh, OK, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. Wow. So...
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting that it was the thing that at first you were thinking, I better not do this too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's this. And and I think that's it's, it's really interesting because one of the points I make about speaking about race in America is it, it's always been the talk of, about racism in America only goes as far as until white people feel uncomfortable and that's about 5.2 seconds right. and and then they start saying, well, what about black and black crime? Well, it's, it just happened a long time ago. Well, I'm not racist. And, and they're using whatever they can to deflect the to, to change the topic or, or avoid it. And that has to stop. That has to stop. It's okay to feel awkward. It's okay to feel uncomfortable um, and have this conversation. It's 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 never gonna be comfortable. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you will ha- be feeling uncomfortable talking about this stuff. And white people always say, oh, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. Um, You know what? Saying nothing is the wrong thing. (laughs) Avoiding it is the wrong thing. But having a dialogue about it is not the wrong thing. And it's super important. And and so, you know, I just I I think one of the things was is like, you know, I had to deal with all these editors who were probably "Oh, you know, I, I wish you would do something other than just race issues all the time. Uh, But I I stopped feeling that that way. Like once (laughs) once the industry fell apart and uh, I was able to just, you know, really become a web cartoonist and print whatever I want online in whatever format and at at whatever timeline, you know, I was able to do just so much more. And um, so it's it's been great. And, you know, I may be alienating half my potential patrons on on patreon (laughs) but sorry excuse me but uh um but you know the people that support me really are just in it for life and it's uh and i really appreciate what they do and not only do i have patreon i I have a, a a newsletter that i i put out too and a lot of people prefer to subscribe to me that way too and I have about 600 people on that, so um, it's a nice combination of the two. And uh, with the with the newsletter, I'm a bit more personal. The difference is with Patreon, I can I can post at any time, um, and so when stuff happens, I just hit it. Really, you know, it goes up there. Uh, with my newsletter. I only I only do a certain amount of stuff in the newsletter, but it's a bit more personal, and uh, I I write a bit more in it. So um, I usually urge people, you oh, you should sign up for both. <laughs> but, Get a little
0: uh, bit of all of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think there's a I think there's about a a third of crossover, um, but it's it's you know people are just looking for ways to support you, and if you provide them with ways to support you, they will do it. And uh, that's one of the big things that I urge people uh, to do.
0: That's great. I didn't even know about your newsletter. I'm learning so much. It's interesting talking to someone like you who I just, I guess it was two weeks ago that I discovered your work. Uh, so it's it's nice talking to you and learning things instead of asking questions I already know the answers to. You. So that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, I'm just discovering so much more stuff too. Uh, I just I just went on to uh, the Patreon discussion page and, you know, I just saw I just answered something that you had uh, talked about, about the a thousand a thousand fans and and different things. And, yeah, there's so much, you know, people sit there and go, oh, you're so accomplished. You got this. There's like, you know, I feel like I've only tapped into like a, 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 a one one ninety ninth of uh, <laughs> of what I can tap into. Um, there's so many people who are doing it a lot better than me and, and I, 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 you just have to always look to see, you know, who's doing it, you know, even more than you are and just try to get, you know, move towards them and, 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 and see what they're doing, what, right. And also to see what people are doing wrong. And so you avoid that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. The thing about, the thing about the thousand fans thing that you mentioned that I I knew I had heard before, but there was, you put the tiniest little twist on it that made me like, oh, these, like, I don't have to, like the idea that everyone has a thousand fans and you just have to find them. Something about saying it that way really turned me like, oh, oh, okay. I I just have to go make sure I'm putting my work out so they'll be able to find me. And like, you know, before it was like, I don't know, the, the idea that, they already exist and I just have to find them rather than I have to create them feels a lot more manageable to me. So that that was the take I really got from you.
1: Oh, excellent. I'm glad I'm glad. Yeah, like that's it it really is. I mean, there's so many people out here out out there, and like there's so many niche different subjects that people do. And that there that that yeah, that everybody has that thousand that thousand person. And as a performer, as someone who is is who creates things, that we we have the advantage over the you know, truck driver out here, or the male person who has a thousand fans. Well, I think I think a male person actually has <laughs> has has a thousand fans along their route. But but you know, we are able to produce things that will attract more and more people. So yeah, it's just a matter of getting the stuff out there. So I, I tell everybody, you know, I've I've almost like in order for me to attract new people it's up to you folks who already know about me to turn people onto my work you know it's it's you people that get universities to hire me to come out and and all along the way is you keep a, an email list you you, you keep on acquiring people's contact information and and that's how you grow it that's how you make it bigger and um and luckily you know every new newspaper or website or venue that my comics gets into um i'm able to pick up up a few more patrons you know yeah Uh, so it's a a a constant a constant i hopefully i'll pick up some more patrons off of this this uh this podcast and when i repost this podcast to my site hopefully my patrons will be turned on to you
0: yeah so. that's yeah beautiful while we're on the subject uh patreon.com slash Keef. wait am i missing a letter here i'm getting old
1: well it, it's keith knight so k-e-e-f um that's my nickname k-e-e-f and then knight k-n-i-g-h-t uh perfect but, yeah
0: and I'll put links to that and your other, where are the other places you can be found on the internet? Let's throw all that out there. And I'll put links to at MikeyPod.com in the show notes for this podcast.
1: Yeah, my website is KChronicles.com and that's where you just see a bunch of my uh, weekly cartoons. KChronicles.com, dot scom it's a way to subscribe to The Roundtable, too. Um, that's my newsletter. And then gocomics.com runs my daily strip called The Nightlife, K-N-I-G-H-T, and then L-I-F-E. Um, that's my daily cartoon. And that strip runs in The Washington Post, The San Francisco Chronicle, San Diego Union Tribune. It runs around the country. So, um, And then there's Jake the Fake. Uh, it's the kid's book, fourth to sixth graders. Um, this... There's a a ton of different things. I contribute to Mad, uh, The New Yorker, um, um, uh, The Nib. Uh, Just a lot of different ways you could check out my stuff. So uh, if you do a Google search on Keith Knight, (laughs) just do – you'll get two things. You'll get the actor that was in Meatballs and – what else? Uh, 1984. Uh, like all the, a class of 1984. Uh, So, uh, and then you get me pretty much. Uh, Oh, but you also get a disabled gamer, um, and a guitarist who's really good and a football slot player slash manager. But for the most part, you get me. So I love it. Yeah. I
0: saw mostly, I don't know whether Google was just favoring you because I'd looked you up before, but I see mostly you when I look Google Keith Knight. So that's a good thing.
1: That's good. I'm at the King of the Keith Knight uh, mountain. (laughs) Very Triple good. K. Yeah. King Keith but, Knight. But every once in a while you see like there's like more than a few uh, murderers <laughs> named Keith Knight, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. So uh yeah. We've got uh every once in a while in my newsletter I'll highlight a different Keith Knight. I'll just have a picture and just say, Hey, check out Keith Knight the gamer, you know, and stuff like that.
0: Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Uh all right, well we should wrap up this part of the interview. Um if you are a patron And on Wednesday, you'll hear more from Keith Knight, which you're going to want to. Um, That's patreon.com slash Michael Herron. And we're going to wrap up this part of the interview and then go on and do the next bonus part. So thanks for joining me here,
1: Keith. All right. I appreciate it. Follow this guy, everybody.
2: Performance captivating And yo, the, the show, show, yo, the show, show. Let's make it show. clear, dear let like make it clear That we're breaking the new ground We're going to raise a curtain on a, a new style of the new child And a black man with a plan You'll be slipping it in the cool file Twist the knob, slob Turn it up to the maximum You still can't hear But your ears, you got wax We're going to be know. knocking some sense Through the fences that you're owning Mocking all your past gents With the gents Who are known to kick alive. it live with the dead. Monetarily speaking, we're in the freaking red. But you know it doesn't matter, cause the batter, the platter is. But when you're coming up, dope the chatter is live. Is this the A-side? we we'll the B-side. We're going, we're showing, we're flowing by the seaside. And you step inside, Clyde. So flavor, the flavor, you know this ain't no free ride. We on the A-side. let on the B-side. We're going, we're showing, we're Seaside It's a genuine I high. So savor the flavor We you know this ain't no free right. ride Well I'm a dope, smoking chicken, choking manic Depressive, oh, caught yeah. the body upon your And it was it- impressive uh-huh. It only took one look for me to lose all control Now you can keep your Courtney love Just give me that hold up Y'all, and let me get my say in. Allow me to parlay about the dues we've been paying Strictly independent And here's the Cause that effin' guy at Kevin wouldn't give us a f- deal Yes, I'm the bitchin'est, exhibitionist you ever saw Make you drop your jaw when I drop my drawers You see, it's
1: our ability to rhyme with such agility You think we'll win a Pulitzer Prize A possibility,
2: hype-breaking types of stereos and all scenarios, I wouldn't want to be Danny Terry nothing I got nothing in my hat, and I got nothing up my sleeve. And seat. if you wanna know our secret, then Gonna have to say, please, is this an A side? This ain't no B side. We're going, we're showing, we're blowing by the seaside. Move over, baby, and yo, step aside, Clyde. So save up, move over, you know this ain't no free ride. Hit me on the A side. Just like the Crosby, to the Stills, to the Nash, to the Young. Is this an No like, it just went like it Cause I'm a game playing lame, playing, playing SOB Like every man you're happy for me and the next guy that you see It's true, I'm a dude, my dick has been cut They took a little off the top, but they didn't take much You know it happened only eight days after my birth And what I lack like in length, I make up in girth So as you try Only one name guaranteed to get the women all hot and make the men stop and wonder what he's got. And if you think you figured it out, whose name it might be, I hate to burst your bubble, son, but it's the noble
0: deaf That was the marginal profits with Seaside. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Keith Knight, for being on the podcast. If you are a patron, make sure you check out patreon.com/slash Michael Heron for the bonus content, the bonus interview with Keith that'll be going up on Wednesday if you're not a patron yet, why not become one now? You'll help make art like this and my book and my album and all that stuff. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I'll talk to you later. Um, Yeah, that's it. See you next week-ish. Bye-bye.